In Luke 15, 17, and 18, I'll be reading from the New uh, Living Translation. Luke chapter 15, 17, and 18. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even there are hired servants, have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home. I will go home. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. So I'm going to go home. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. So I'm going to go home. Would you set your Bibles down with me, and would you, before you're seated, would you lift your hands to heaven right now? Would you pray that the power and the presence of God that is in this room, that he would flow and minister through us tonight and in us tonight. In the name of Jesus, we love you. I pray tonight, God, that I would only speak the words that you would have me to say, oh God, nothing more, nothing less, God. I pray, Lord, your word is forever settled and it's anointed. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but your word is not going anywhere, Lord. And I pray tonight that what I would speak would only be your word, what you would have for me to say. In the name of Jesus, I pray that your anointing, O oh God, would rest on every individual that's in this house tonight, God, on every ear and every spirit tonight, O oh God, that we wouldn't just be hearers, but we would be doers, O oh God, of the word also. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus, we love you, God. I thank you for your sweet presence that's in this room tonight. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Would you just let the Lord know for just a moment how much you love him tonight? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Would somebody now lift their voice in this sanctuary? I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to you tonight, God. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord tonight. Here we find in Luke chapter 15 the parable of the prodigal, the parable of the lost son. Jesus begins to share this parable with his disciples. And in Luke chapter 15, 11, he says to illustrate the point even further, he had been sharing about lost things and the importance of those things and how valuable those things are, whether large or small, uh, to individuals, how important those lost things were and those lost things are. And Jesus says to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them the story. He said a man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. And a few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings and he moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his... About the time that his money ran out, his inheritance disappeared just like he was holding sand in his hands. It began to disappear because it only lasted for a few moments, Brother Turner. I don't know how many days or months or years it lasted, but it didn't last him as long as it, he thought that it would last him. He wasted all of his inheritance, all of his money. I know I'm not talking to anybody in here that's ever wasted anything. Ah. Uh, and about the time that his money ran out, chapter, verse 14 says, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He found himself in a bad, bad place. 
I said he found himself in a bad place. Have you ever found yourself in a bad place? I'm the only one. You ever found yourself in a hard place? I'm the only one. (laughs) What they used to say, sometimes you just find yourself between a rock and a hard place. I'll be the first one to admit sometimes in my life there have been things that I have let go right through my hands. It's like you have a good thing and you just let that thing slip out of your hands. You could go back over your life, I'm sure, as well and think of things in your life that you have had or maybe done or said that was a good thing and it began to just slip away from you. And about the time that his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He was hungry. He had spent everything that he had. He had not put anything away for a rainy day. He was enjoying living in those sunshiny days where everything was flowing real well. And now there was a great famine that had swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs, the scripture said that they looked good to him. But the scripture says that no one gave him anything. Talking about being in a place tonight where you look and you wake up in the morning and it is just a sunny day. There's not anything that looks like that it could disrupt that sun. It doesn't look like there's anything that could mess up that day. Have you ever woke up and been like, this is going to be a good day? Only to find that as that day progresses, things begin to happen and another thing begins to happen and all of a sudden the sunshine isn't shining anymore. And so he persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. I tell you tonight, I feel impressed in the Holy Ghost. I was talking to Pastor this afternoon about what I was feeling and what I have felt like in the last week or so that the Lord has put in my heart and been stirring over in me. I feel tonight that there are even individuals that are in this room. It is possible, I've said this before, but it is possible to be in the house, but not be at home. I said it's possible to be in the house, but not be at home. It's possible to be around your family, but feel like you're so distant and so far away from them. It's very easy because of things sometimes that we deal with in our lives. I know the purpose of the story of the prodigal. I I, I know why the parable is being spoken. But can I talk to somebody for just a moment that might even be in the house tonight, but you just don't feel like that you're at home. You feel like I'm around people and, and they, I think that they think or they think that they think they understand me. And they think that they think that they know everything that I'm dealing with and that I'm going through. But I don't feel like I am at home. It has nothing to do with the overall environment because my brothers and my sisters, they love me. They're encouraging me. Even tonight in this house, there's been many that I have seen, that I've shook hands with, or that I've uh, hugged or greeted tonight, or that have greeted me, and I feel a jace. Where you felt like no one understood where you were at. 
We're talking about a guy who had in, the, in this parable who, who came from a family that had something, Brother Hewling. I don't know how much wealth that they had, but they had something. They had enough that the father, while he was still living, said, I can go ahead right now and divide my estate. The inheritance for you and your brother, sure. I can go ahead and divide that. I can cash that out, if you will. I can do whatever means necessary to hand over to you the things that I already have. And he finds himself in just a few moments holding in his hands everything that he thinks that he needs. But he finds himself in just a few moments, in just a few days, in just a few weeks, maybe just a few months, I don't know, maybe a few years. Brother Marler, he finds himself in a place that my money now is, is getting shorter. i got two daughters, and so I know how... I kind of know how the brother might have felt just a little bit. It gets, it gets, it gets lean and lean and lean sometimes. <laughs> brother Turner said, come on. And all of a sudden he finds out, I don't have anything to eat. I don't have anything to drink. The people that I have been around, I can't find them anymore. What used to be a paved path for me now looks like it's all grown up with brush. It looks like it would be so hard. I know, I know the inheritance. I know, I know what, what I got. It was real but I don't feel like I've got it anymore. I can't, I can't feel it anymore. I, I don't hold it in my hands anymore. I feel like that everything I have has slipped away from me. I don't know who said it. I'm not going to make you a, probably a nice sunny side egg tonight. I don't even know if these eggs will get done, Brother Beecher, but I do know how to make scrambled eggs. And if you put enough salt and pepper on those and a little seasoning, they will. you can eat them. But this brother found himself in a place that no one wants to be a million miles away from anything that he feels like is familiar to him. Because now, not only does he not have the comfort of what he had at home, because he was able to take, he, he wasn't at home anymore, but he was able to take enough of the house with him that he felt comfortable where he was at. He felt comfortable doing what he was doing. And all of a sudden, he found himself in a bad place. He had no more money. He had, these were hundreds, and now that's a ten and a five and a few ones. That will not even buy you a burger at Red Robin. Don't ask. Oh. And he finds himself in a bad place because now not only has the familiar places of his house left him. But now he doesn't even have anything to eat. He doesn't have anything to drink. And he says, I will go and see if I can find a job somewhere. And it was such a famine, Brother Hewling, that he was feeding the pigs. And he said, man, this slop looks good. But the scripture says that no one even offered him anything. I don't know if the brother dipped his hand. I would have. I don't know if he dipped his hand in that bucket or not. But the Scripture says that he came to his senses. He came to himself far away from home. And I believe he started to smell what the house smelled like. Ooh, I can smell bacon right now. Wait a minute. <laughs> I can smell beef right now. That probably, that might be better than bacon. I can smell biscuits right now. Uh-oh, somebody's making some scrambled eggs. I like scrambled eggs. 
And I believe that he began to set in his home or in, in that pig pen, and he began to smell what his house smelled like. Anybody, can anybody tell me what you, you, you just know what your house smells like? Don't, y'all didn't. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, loosen up just a little bit tonight for just a minute. I believe he was in that pig pen and he began to think, hmm, man, I remember, I remember how good times were at home. I remember how good things were at home. I remember how it felt when God first touched me. I remember how it felt when I received the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time with the evidence of speaking, I remember what it felt like. I can walk through this room. I'll just be honest with you. I can walk through this room 30-something years later, and we have remodeled this building, and it's beautiful. But I can still walk you to the place where I remember. I can walk you to where a Sunday school building used to be. And I can remember feeling God begin to move and to deal with me. You can't tell me that there's things in our lives that we maybe can walk away from. There's things in our lives that we can maybe try to run from. But I'm telling you, you're not as far tonight away from what you uh, think that you can't get back to. You're closer you hear me right now, you're closer. And I understand that this is a Sunday night. And I understand for the majority of people that are here are solid people and people that are here. But I'm going to tell you something. It is very possible to be in the house but not be at home. It's very possible for you to feel like that what God has gifted you and what God has called you to was something for yesterday, for last year, for a decade ago, and you feel like that that's something that someone from home, as you feel like that you probably feel like that you are tonight. And he came to his senses, his mind began to work, and he said, in my father's house, at home, there is enough food for everyone to eat. The servants are eating good food. I'm not worthy, he said, to uh, go home and ask if I can continue to be my father's son. But if I can just get back home, if I can just get back to the place that is familiar to me. I don't have to have my inheritance. It, it doesn't really, at this point, it doesn't really matter anymore. He feels like, Brother Beecher, maybe, Pastor, maybe I've lost everything. Maybe I feel like it's all lost. Maybe I feel like it's all gone. But if I can just, I believe right now in the Holy Ghost in Bernie, there are people that are saying, I need to go back home. I, I, I can smell the house. I, I can smell the surroundings of, of, of what used to be and the security with everything that is going on in the world. You tell me right now, I don't care how old you are, if you've got a parent, if you can walk into your parents' house, there's still, even if you're taking care of them, there's still deep down somehow there is a security that comes over you because there's nothing like, Brother Jeremy, there's nothing like going home. He says, if I can get back to where my father's house is, I'll gladly just ask him, would you just hire me on as a servant? Would you hire me on as a hired hand? Would you hire me on? Would you just take me? Would you just take me on? Go ahead, Brother K, Sister Violet. Would you just take me back on? Would you just, would you just, would you just, would you just hire me back? And so he says, I, I'm going to, I'm going to come to my senses and I'm fixing to go back home. I'm fixing to do something that, that, that I, he may tell me you're not welcome here. Oh, but I just got to get back home. I, I just got to get back home. I, I can't stand the fact uh, mm, that I can feel and I can smell and I can even sense the house, uh, but I cannot get back home. I got to try to go back home. 
I got to try back to go back home. Go ahead and just keep on walking for me if y'all don't care. I got to try to get back home. I got to try to go back to the place where I, where, 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 where I know there is security. I got to try to get back to the place where I know that there is comfort. You may be in the house tonight, but to be in what God has truly called you to be in this hour. And it may feel like I can smell the house and I can smell home, so it must be okay. I must be all right because some of my senses are working, but I've come to tell you that God wants you to taste the things that He has for you. He wants you to hold the things that He has for you. He wants you to take them by the hand. He wants you to know that you can come back home. And the Scripture says that as he came to his senses, he said to himself at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father, and I will say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm not worthy of being called your son. But would you just please take me on as a hired servant? And I believe you believe what you want, but I believe that as he began to speak those words, I believe as those thoughts begin to process in his mind uh, that there was a restoration that began to take place. He began to think of himself not at where he was in the pig pen, but I can do better than this. I can get back to a place. There is a place that I can go. And tonight I've come to tell you the adversary may have tried to convince you. The crowd you've been with may have tried to convince you that there's just no place that you can go. That you can never go back to the place that God had initially called you to. Oh, I'm talking tonight. I feel... In the Holy Ghost tonight that I'm talking not just to individuals that can hear my voice, but I want every spirit, I want every devil in hell to know tonight uh, that is trying to affect individuals that ought to be in the house uh, but are not in the house. We understand uh, and we know tonight uh, that there is power. There is restoring power in the house, in the home tonight. God wants to do what only He can do. This had to have been the longest walk. I think a lot of times, Bishop, of things that I did as a teenager, that was stupid stuff that I did. And I would either have to go to my mom or my dad or my nanny or my papa. And if he was here tonight, he would probably be the first one to amen me on that. But there were several times that it was a drive across town. And that felt like I had was driving from my house to California and back. But I knew that the only hope that I had was getting back home. Now these brothers and sisters tonight are getting their exercise. Praise the Lord. Amen. Nobody needs a gym membership. We're just going to carry the baskets. And he said, I'm going to just go ahead and I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back to my father's house and I'm going to ask him, I'm not worthy to be a son. Just take me back as a, as a servant. Just take me back as a hired hand. So the scripture says that he returned home to his father. Now this son knew a loving father when he left, but he didn't know what he was going to come back to, Sister Lewis. He didn't know. I don't think he knew for sure. Because he had already schemed a plan and worked up a plan in his mind. I will start the conversation off by saying, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. And I am not worthy to be your son anymore, but would you just hire me? I'm just looking for a job. I'm just looking for provision. I'm just looking for that in payment tonight. I'm looking for a roof over my head and food on a plate and a drink in my glass. If I have that, I have enough. Amen? And as he was making his way back home, the scripture says that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Now, I've heard this preached a hundred different ways, and if you live another five or ten years, you may hear it a hundred different ways. But I believe, just like many people believe, I believe that this father intently watched for the return of his son. I think. Now, you do what you want to do, and you maybe have a different uh, 
different. So I can't speak for you, but I will speak for me and my two daughters. There's not a time that they leave that I'm not waiting already for them to come back home. I said there's not a time that they leave that I'm not already waiting and looking. Hmm. I'm not already watching on my phone the Life 360. Everything's all right. My goodness. She's almost home. Sage is almost home. Sadie is almost home. And if I got Sage and Sadie, I'm watching it saying, oh, Jen's almost home. Mama's just about here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I believe that the father was watching. Now, they didn't have a GPS back then. They didn't have a tracking device. They sure didn't have no cell phones. But I believe the father had means enough. He knew where his son was at. And he knew what was going on in the place where his son was at. And I believe that he watched. This could be the day that he comes back home. This could be the moment that he comes back home. I don't know where he's wondering. I don't know where he might be going. I, 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 heard, that he, I heard that he was feeding them, uh, and he's probably hungry right now. I, I don't even know if my boy has a roof over his head. I'm worried about where he's at. But today, it's daylight, and today might be the day that he comes back home. I was describing that just kind of what I was seeing and what I was envisioning this afternoon to pastor, and he said, this reminds me of something from the Old Testament. And I said, I'm listening. I like the Old Testament. Where are we going with this? He said, this reminds me of the pathways for the cities of refuge. I said, I, I know the cities of refuge, but what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? What's the particulars on this? Because I told him, I said, I believe that the father made sure that the lane was always, this boy had fixed in his mind, would I even be able to find the, ba- the path back home to where my father is at? But when he got close to home, Brother Marler, I just believed like any father would do. Like if, if Sage is gone tonight and goes somewhere and then is coming home, she's not going to have to worry about pulling a key out of her purse. That door, I'm going to be awake and that door is going to be unlocked. I'm going to make sure that if there's any ice out there, I'm going to say you need to come in a different way or I'm going to clear that ice. The lights are going to be on for you whenever you get home tonight because I'm watching for you that not only you could get back to the house, but that you could come inside so that you could be in the home. Okay? And so I believe that the father had the lane. I can still see the lane that would go to my grandma and grandpa Hastings' house. And I can see it in the, uh, as you would pull up sometimes, there would be fields on both sides and a, and a ditch on this side. And sometimes the fields would be grown up, but there was always something about that lane. That lane, no matter how many rocks were on each side of that, They made sure, my grandpa made sure that that lane was always clear so that you could drive off of the county road and go down that long lane. How I wish tonight I could go down that lane and get to that house. And he thought, there's probably no way that I'm going to be able to do that. There's probably no way if I even come back. Will he even recognize But as it got close, he realized, Brother Hewling, the lane, it's been prepared. It's been mowed down. Pastor said, this reminds me of the city of refuge. I said, I know the city is a refuge. I love to read about that. There's several passages throughout the Old Testament that talk about the cities of refuge. And he said, yeah, but I'm talking about the pathway. I said, what are you talking about the pathway? I know that there was roads to get in so that it would take, what, less than a half of a day for them to be able to get to one of these cities so that they could get there, so that they could plead their case. And if they, were, if they could get in, they would let them in, and then they were in a safe place in the cities of refuge. He said, yeah, but they would, there was someone that had to clear the path. 
And I begin to think about the baskets. I begin to think about the names. I begin to think about people. I've been stirred since Pastor. This has done something. I know it's done something for individuals in this room. But this has done something. I don't know if I needed to just see it visually or what it was. But Bishop, this has done something to me. i got to shift this now. If you're in the house and you need to come home, you can come home. We'll say it one more time. If you're in the house tonight and you need to come home, there's a path. There's a path that is prepared for you to come. Come on home. Come on back home. I know you're in the house tonight and you're saying, why are you talking about this? You're talking to people that are here tonight. I know I am, but... And there's times I've not felt like that I was at home. Not because of anyone else that was in the house, but because of myself. Because of things that I had going on in my own life. I felt like I can never get back home. But I want you to know that the power and the presence of the Lord is in this house tonight. And there is a path that the Lord himself has prepared. Pastor said it and touched on it. There is a table that is prepared in this house tonight. You may feel like that everything and everyone is against you and all things that could go wrong has went wrong, but there is a table prepared in the presence of your enemy tonight, and God wants to move, and he's saying, come back home. But now I just feel like in the Holy Ghost, I've got to shift back to these baskets. i got to know tonight in that city of refuge, the magistrate would say, hey, Every year or every so many months, we got to clear all the thicket out. We've got to make a path prepared. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it nicely. It's easy to write a name down, and it's easy to put it in the basket, and it's also easy to pray for those names. But we've got to be preparing a path. Because when the sun come back, he didn't smell like the sun that left the house. When the sun comes back, He doesn't smell like the sun that left the house. He may look all tattered. He may look all, I better be careful. He may look all messed up. He may not have his act together, but there better be someone that's saying, wait a minute, let me clear. I'm clearing a path for you because today, this might be the day. This might be the Monday. This might be the Tuesday. You may get a call this week of somebody's name that's in the basket that says, Dad, can I come back home? Pastor, can I come back home? I, I, I can smell the house. Can I come back home? And i got to ask somebody in this room, if they've done you dirty, will you still let them come back home? If they've done you wrong. Because we don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about, oh God, bring, the, bring this one in and that one in that we've never seen. What about the one that's done you wrong? Are you going to go ahead and say, wait a minute, I'm going to trim this. I'm going to trim that because I know that the last place I heard he was at was in this direction. So I'm going to make sure that the path is clear because it could be today. It could be this hour. It could be today that he comes back. So I got to make sure that the path is cleared. I got to make sure that there's a place that the, I got to make sure. Come on, Sister Violet up here with me. I got to make sure. Oh, I gotta make sure that it's not just something that I'm hoping for. I gotta make sure that it's not something that I just wish for. Even you hear me right now, I'm gonna say it one more time. Even if they've done things that are even if they've lied about you. Last time I checked, people lied about Jesus and he hung on a cross for them. Even if they on the spot denied who you were and lied like they never knew you. Even if they talk bad about your name. I'm talking to myself. I need a mirror tonight. Because I'm thinking about people, names that I'm going to just be honest with you. Names I should have put in there, but I was thinking, uh uh-huh. I gotta be willing 
to say, I'm clearing a path for every one of these names. I'm clearing a path. I don't know. Some of them I might know. Some of them I may not know. It doesn't matter. Foe, if they're a foe, if, they're, if they were, were, were they were a previous foe, I'm going to make it right. Even if they haven't made it right, I'm going to make it right in my spirit. I'm going to make it right with God. I'm going to go ahead and clear the path so that even... I didn't pastor a long time, but I pastored long enough to know how people can be sometimes. But I got to look past the things. I got to look past the things that someone has said to me, that someone has done to me, and I got to say, uh-uh. I got to clear a path for them because, because today could be the day that they come home. Today, Pastor, could be the day. Today's the day. You know that guy that lied about me? Today's the day that he could come back. You know the guy that stole from me? Today is the day that he could come back. Today is the day. It's the will of God that he not perish, but that he should, that he, that he should be saved. It's not the will of God that he should die and go to, a, go to the lake of fire. It's not the will of God. So I got to make sure that the path is clear. Now, whether he decides to wake up and come to his senses or not, that's between him and God and his conscience and his spirit. But I'm going to make sure that there's a path so that people can come back to the place. And the scripture says that while the boy was afar off, his father saw him. And say, all right, now let's watch him come up here and beg. Let's watch him get on his hands and his knees. And let's watch him come up and beg. Can I please? I don't I know that I've sinned against you. I know I'm mockery of your name. I know that when I was living where I was living, I lied about you. I laughed about you. I laughed about everything that I left my little town for so that I could go to this place or to that place. I know all the things that I've said. I know all the things that I've done, but would you just hire me back as a help? Would you just hire me back as a hand to work for you? But the scripture says he never had to get on his hands and knees at all. But while he was afar off, his father, oh, I better not run. But his father came running Brother Sanders, he came running to where his son was. While he was afar off, he ran to him. He ran to the basket and he said, wait a minute, that's my son right there. What the father knew probably by this point in the posture of his son, my son has already begun to ask for to be restored in his spirit. My son has already come to his senses and he's already figuring out you're really not that far from home. And the scripture says that while he was afar off, he ran to his son and he took his son. He embraced his son. He embraced his son. Just like those Pathways to the city of refuge were spread out so that it, it would time was at hand going to those cities. I know that's another message probably for another time. But getting to that place, we've got to make sure that there's a path that is prepared for those that are coming. You hear me right now? We've got to make sure that there is a path that is prepared for those that are coming. And the scripture says that he, the Father, saw him coming from a far distance off, and he was filled with love and with compassion, and he ran to his son. And the scripture says that he embraced his son. He kissed his son. And his son said, I have sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven and I'm not worthy to be called your son. And the most beautiful thing is that his father said, you know what, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little while. Let's, let's get you something to eat and you get a shower and then we're going to, let's come to my office and we'll talk. That's not what the father said. The father heard what he had said, and he called. He didn't call him servant. He called to one of his servants. He called, and he said, quick, bring me the finest robe in the house and put it on him. He smells like a pig. He looks like he's been working in a pig pen. He looks like.
that he's not even got a stitch of clothes that, is, that matches, and they're torn, and they stink, and that's all right. Bring the finest robe that I've got in the house. You bring it, and you wrap it around. I wish tonight I had a robe, and a, I wish I had all that, but I don't have it on me, so we're not going to do that. You're in luck. I, gotta, I gotta do have a robe. It'd be a robe on you. And so he returned, and his father said, bring me the robe in the house, the finest robe in the house, and put it on him and get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. His father, in just a moment, Bishop, what the boy had been looking for his whole life, just a few moments of being back on the soil of home the father said here's my finest robe I'm putting it on you I don't identify you don't identify anymore as what you were when you left but I'm putting back on you what's rightfully yours and what has always been yours and I'm gonna put a ring on your finger so that means I know I know that you did bad by the things. I know that you did bad by the things that I had already blessed you with and the things that I had already given you. And I know, uh, I can picture tonight in my mind, y'all call me crazy, but I can picture tonight in my mind people that are away from God with anointings and with giftings that God has given them and they flip those around and they've used them maybe for their own gain and they think in their mind, I could never get back. If I went back, God would never trust me again. This may mess with people's minds and your theology even tonight, but I don't believe that the restoration that God gives is like the restoration that we give. I'm going to say that again. I don't believe that the restoration that God gives is like the restoration that we give. And that's why some names may remain in the baskets for a little bit longer. But when I can say, God... I want you to restore them. I don't want you to just restore them to what they were, but I want you to restore them above and beyond. I want measures upon measures upon measures upon measures. God, if you anointed them to do this and this and this, I pray that as they come back and you begin to restore them, Lord, I pray that you would bless them with a double portion of every anointing and every gifting that you gave them. What do you mean you're talking about people that had it all, that could have been anything, that could have done anything, that had anyone and their brother talking about them and saying who they were and how much ability they could have and even the God-known talents and abilities and giftings and callings and anointings that people have on their lives and they feel like I cannot do anything with it. I'm telling you tonight that God wants to restore individuals not to who they used to be but to who they have always been in his sight. And when he came home, he said, I'm going to get the finest robe. I'm sorry, this ain't the finest robe, Kate. If your dad was here, we'd have a finer one. But the finest robe, he said, we're going to put it on him. We're going to put a ring on his finger. We're going to make sure that he's got the signet ring. That means anything that he needs, I don't have to be standing there with him. If he says I need it, it's his. I said, the ring, with that ring, I know he's been gone, but I'm giving him the authority. I'm giving him the anointing that is rightfully his. Oh, wait a minute, I thought we had to have a 30-step program for people. If, we're going, if we are really living in the last hour, in the last days, and we're waiting on 30 steps, the rapture is going to take place in between those 30 steps. Last hour, church, to do. And he put sandals on his feet. I want to make sure that everywhere you walk is blessed. I want to make sure that everything, I want to make sure that you're protected from anything. I want to make sure that when you walk... You can still put your foot on that old serpent anytime. I want to make sure that you've always got something between you. And the scripture says, he said, call for the fatted calf. It's time for a celebration. My son, who was dead. I'm calling to a son tonight. I'm calling to a daughter tonight. 
I know this ain't everybody's cup of tea, and I know it's not what you probably expected to hear on a Sunday night, and I can't help that. You're going to have to just talk to the Lord about it. But I've come to tell somebody in this house tonight that God is ready to do the work. God has not impressed and laid a burden on this man of God. And God has not allowed a mantle from this man of God to overshadow onto this man of God so that we can play hopscotch and have socials. They're good. I like to do hopscotch, maybe, and I like socials, but that's not what this is about. This is about telling everybody there's a path. You may not feel like it, but there's a path that you can come down. You can come back home. You can. You can come back home. And when people start coming back home, some of them we're going to know. And we're going to have to work on that. Some of them are going to come from a different house, but they're going to find out that their house was not home. And the same love that we're going to give them, because you know what? It's easy to give them love because we don't have no past with them. We're going to show to the ones that we do have a past with and say, come on, come on back home. You're part of the family. There's always been a seat at this table for you. I said, there's always been a seat at this table for you. He said, we're going to celebrate, kill the fatted calf. We must celebrate with the feast. For this son of mine was dead. And now he's returned. I wish I could be more eloquent sometimes. Bishop said the pig pen's not eloquent. But God is speaking. I believe in this room tonight, in this house tonight, names in that basket, God's speaking to some of those names right now. You, call, you say whatever you want to say about me, but I would just about venture as many names that is in that. There's a name that's in that basket that's probably drove in at least on this side of town today. And when they did, they thought, oh, what it must feel like. What it must feel like. Brother Shelton says that sometimes about certain churches you go to and you can just smell. The smell changed in here when the carpet changed and all that changed. But sometimes, just sometimes, if I walk in here and I'm trying to be spooky on nobody or anything, but you walk in here, you can still smell the smell and it takes me back. When I was peeling the gum from underneath the pews, Sister Lewis, and getting in trouble from my mom, it would just take me back because there's nothing like being at home. Now, I understand tonight this is just a building. I understand tonight that it's just brick and mortar. I understand all those different kinds of things. I understand that if it's the will of God, this, we may wake up in the morning, this, we may not have anything. So I understand that. I understand that this is everything that we've got down here is just a temple thing. I understand that. But there's people in the spirit that God is calling right now back home. He's calling back home. There's people in this room right now. Some of you are just looking at me with a blank stare. He's calling you back home tonight. He, he wants you to know that there's a place for you. There's a seat for you at the table tonight. He wants you to know that he loves you with a dying love. He loves you. He loves you as much as he loves old Joe that might would walk in the back doors. Not Joe Shannon. He loves you too, brother. But he made anybody that maybe would be driving by that could be out of their head on something and walk in. The love that God has for them is the same love that he has for you. Would you come home? He loves you. Some, some of those people in this room that are broken tonight, God wants to mend you back together. There's people in this room that feel like I have no shelter. I feel like I, I just cannot get comfortable. There's a robe that God wants to put around you. You hear what I'm saying tonight? There's something about being safe within the pavilion of the power in the presence of God. There's something about being safe under a covering.
Would you stand with me tonight? No music, please. Would you tonight? You're just going to have to do it in whatever fashion and whatever way you, but I just believe that something happens. Bishop has said it many times that the Lord allows and he makes Lucifer. Stop. And, what, and he's doing so much evil stuff right now. We ain't, I'm not giving him glory, but we know what he's up to. But the power of God makes Lucifer stop dead in his tracks and watch. So I got to know for every devil that's lied to you and said they'll never come back home, for every devil that's lied to you and said you can come to the house but you'll never have a seat at the table, you'll never really be back at home. If you ever are going to be anything, you're just going to be just you're just a hired hand. You're just a servant. You're never going to be a child of God like you were as a child of God before. That is a lie from the pits of hell. I wonder what would happen in this room twofold something. If there's people in this room, and this is going to help you because what's so hard sometimes is, is what everybody's going to be looking if I'm the one who steps out. Well, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask two groups of people to do something which should be 100% participation. If you need to come back home, would you just make a move? You don't have to move yet. Don't worry about moving. If you believe that it's the will of God for there to be a path prepared, for people to move, for people to be able to move through in a path prepared for people to be able to come back home and to be welcomed, just like the man that had the, the guy that on the outside of the place of the pathway to the refuge. They had to get out the shredder. They had to get out the sickle. They had to make sure that everything was trimmed down, everything was cut down, everything was prepared so that they could get back there. Would you move in this house? Could we move in this house? And I promise you, the enemy's not going to like it because he's already told you if you move, I'm going to mess you up tomorrow. Huh? Did you hear what I said? I said, you know it's going to work because the adversary has already said if you move, you know you're waiting on a call. If you move, the call is going to be bad. You need to just, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I just had to tell him just a few minutes ago in my mind. You need to just shut your mouth. You need to mind your own business. I'm going to make a way so that everybody can come back home. Whoever wants to come back home can come back home. Would you in this house right now, if you need to come back home, or if you'd like to help prepare a way and a place for people to come back home, would you just move right now, and would you begin to lift your voice? Would you begin to do something? It doesn't have to be completely crazy, but would you begin to do something demonstrative in this house? Would you just begin to, maybe it's waving your hands. Maybe it's walking around this building. Maybe it's doing something, just moving from one place to another, but would you move in this house.